want to read you one of my favorite passages out of Ramana. I'll read it in Spanish. Someone's asking him about the three states of waking dream and deep sleep. And uh, Ramana, of course, is explaining that they're all contained within Turiya, fourth state. That never changes. And the question is, pero por qué estos tres estados deben venir e ir sobre el estado real o la pantalla del sí mismo? And Ramana answers, ¿Quién hace esta pregunta? ¿Dice el sí mismo que estos estados vienen y van? ¿Es el veedor quien dice que estos estados vienen y van? El veedor y lo visto juntos constituyen la mente. Vea si hay una cosa tal como la mente. Entonces la mente se sumerge en el sí mismo y no hay ni el veedor ni lo visto. Así pues, la respuesta real a su pregunta es ellos no vienen ni van. Solo el sí mismo permanece lo que siempre es. Los tres estados deben su existencia a la no indagación. Y la indagación les pone fin. Por mucho que se explique, and this is my favorite line, el hecho no se aclara hasta que uno alcanza la realización del sí mismo. Y se, se pregunta cómo estuvo tan ciego durante tanto tiempo a la existencia única y autoevidente. That should poner fin to your questions. <laughs> but I'll read it in the English version for those who don't understand Espanol. This is the official one rather than mine. But the question is, are these two books or one? <laughs> I'll just read the last sentence because it's, it's the one that, that explains everything, which is, However much one may explain, the fact will not become clear till one attains self-realization and wonders how one was blind to the self-evident and only existence for so long. So none of this could be explained because the ego mind is not capable of grasping it. For many reasons. One, it takes the succession of events in time as real. It takes this dream of reality that it calls reality because it labels it as such 
as being something different from that state you're in in deep sleep when there is no external reality. And it makes a false distinction between the dream and the waking state. All are simply the manifestations of the one unchanging self. And until you understand the screen on which all of this is projected, which is itself the intelligence that is projecting it, Ramana lived before there were holograms, so he had to use the movie screen as his metaphor. But I think if he were here today, he would have changed this and say, no, it's a hologram. But how many of you realize that you are in a holographic matrix right now? But if, in fact, you are in a holographic matrix, then nothing that you believe about yourself as the bodily being that is going through space and time has any relation to reality. And as this hologram becomes more and more insane every day, and wouldn't you all agree that the world is more of a madhouse every day? And that in the stupidity of the characters in this matrix hurtling toward the final world war that will put it all out of its misery, everyone is in denial and does not recognize yet that there is only one hope because there is no answer within the framework of the phenomenal plane, socially, politically, economically, in whatever way you think you can cope with this or deal with the decomposition of consciousness itself that is leading to ever greater meltdowns, not only of everyone else's ego but of your own because all egos are fragmenting until the fragments are so small that there is no feasibility for any coherent existence. And as the fragments get smaller and the coherence is lost, the symptoms of that massive splitting of consciousness show up in the body as increasingly grave illnesses. And, of course, emotional disorders, suicidal tendencies, and feelings of demonic possession, and of all sorts of other calamitous psychological states. So the good news that Ramana is giving us is that none of that is real. None of your suffering is real. It occurs only within the matrix. And when you understand that you're not actually in the matrix, and when you understand the intelligence that is projecting this matrix into apparent existence, then and only then will the way out, the way to change the trajectory of history, your own and the planets, become clear. But nothing short of absolute disbelief in the mind-body 
pseudo-entity can heal the suffering and the insanity that is being acted out within that projection. And so the importance of meditation, self-enquiry, as Ramana called, to discover not some new theory about reality. Study of quantum physics is not sufficient, nor that of any other field, consciousness studies or any other phenomenal plain conceptual effort to symbolize all of this because no symbols can capture that which is projecting the field in which the symbols arise which is already fictional and embedded in the falseness of the duality that needs to be extracted from in order to find what is real and so the only response that is adequate is the absolute silencing of the mind stream. But that silencing will only happen when you have lost your interest in and your identification with the character in this holographic play. Because otherwise, you will be identified with a mind that will try to solve its problems at the very level in which those problems are being caused. And so the transcendence of the objectivizing mind that wants to project out it's unconscious fantasies that it doesn't even know are unconscious fantasies and it will accept as reality because that enables one to avoid the unbearable pain of the motivations behind which the sensor is projecting as a protection, a defense mechanism. Against what pain? The pain of your knowledge that you do not exist and that no action that you can take is authentic if you are not acting from the authentic self. And the authentic self is no self at all. No individual being within this world that is a projection. So no matter what is being done here, no matter what pilgrimage you think you are on, until you realize that you yourself are the place of pilgrimage that you must arrive at. There will be no salvation from the insanity and the sickness and the despair and the dark clouds of the ego mind that become ever more unstable as the entire collective plane of our world destabilizes at a seismic level, a climate change level, social, political, every level that you can observe is losing its coherent, right, its coherent basis 
and leaving us entirely groundless. Therefore, we are in an unprecedented moment in human history, assuming human history even has a reality outside of the consciousness that is projecting past and future. But the unprecedented nature of this moment is that there is no ground to stand on. There is no hope of a future. There is no sense of a reality that can even be shared with anyone, even the person you might have thought was closest to you, if you look close enough, they're total strangers to you and becoming ever more strange at every moment. The islands of psychic reality are expanding away from each other, just as the universe, according to the cosmologists, is expanding and the galaxies getting further and further away from each other. So our capacity to communicate, not only with, our, with others, but with ourselves, gets less and less. The signals get weaker, the noise, the interference patterns get stronger. And so until we can find the beacon from which the central core of truth is being transmitted and resonate with that, there will be a total chaos and confusion and lostness and an oscillation between one polarity and another. I wouldn't even say bipolarity, multipolarity, just as the political situation is multipolar, the ego structure is now multipolar because it has no center to hold it together and not even two opposing centers, but a chaos of many fragmented nodes of consciousness that have no capacity to contextualize the whole or to transcend context entirely. And so this situation of tremendous, critical acceleration can only be held together through the combined creation of an energy field in which the peace and the silence in which we can literally recollect our fragments into wholeness, gather ourselves back into an integrated whole with the practice of using whatever margin of willpower we have to find the source from which all of these fragments have emerged and separated and return to that through the only power that is capable of doing that, which is love. Love alone. Whether you want to call that source God or the Buddha mind or some other term is irrelevant. But the God you must return to is not the God who creates and sustains and destroys the universe. No, you have to find God as she is in her private life, when she has no interest in the universe. That absolute core that is unrelated to the matrix and plays no part in its projection, but that is entirely transcendent.
because otherwise you're only focusing on your own projection, an imaginary <coughs> deity. And any projection of your imagination will just take you deeper into confusion. It can only be a retracing of your entire process of externalization until you find the core of your own being. But this word own is a very key signifier because what is it that owns you? What do you think you are? It's not the ego's own self. It is the self that has projected that into manifestation. And it is unknown and unknowable to the ego mind that is searching. And that's why Ramana says, you'll never figure this out in a million years until it happens. But it won't be, it won't be figured out and it won't happen until there is surrender. The only victory comes through surrender. Any action you take makes your position worse. There has to be absolute stillness. And in that stillness, all the answers and all of the peace of mind and the joy and the beauty that may now be missing from your life that you're looking for in the wrong plane of reality will re-emerge as what you have always been. Let's go into stillness. Mm -hmm.